Good morning. Uh, it's Thursday afternoon to me, so when you get this, I think it will be Sunday morning. But you never know around Auburn Heights house. <clears throat> hey, just wanted to say thank you again to uh, the team that came up and worked on Lydia's studio. I'm sitting in here now, and um, she is loving it, and we are loving it for her as a daddy. I just have to tell you, when when somebody loves your children, when somebody loves your child, it really uh, takes it uh, to the next level. And I just wanted to say thank you again. We are thankful. Right up there above the door. Um, we really are. And so um, I want to say thank you so very much for uh, those that came, those that just sent prayers, uh, sent materials, um, good wishes. I, I say this all the time, but Auburn Heights fingerprints are all over Ethos Ministries. And um, hopefully there's some fingerprints from Ethos Ministries on Auburn Heights. It's a two-way street. It's a relationship. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, <clears throat> I was sharing with Rodney last week just a, a word I heard Chris Fowlton give, um, and I highly recommend that you check it out um, on uh, the Bethel Podcast Sermon of the Week is where it's listed. Um, but in that message, I've really been thinking on it this week, and Chris has been, he gave three analogies. One was uh, a metamorphosis with the butterfly and the cocoon, and another was with um, the Apollo, 9, uh, Apollo 11 moon uh, expedition flight. I'm going to put that down there. My arms are getting tired. And... Uh, the the fourth one was the rollout of uh, the Model T Ford that Henry Ford did in 1908. Um, and I think it's a word for, for all of us in that. And uh, the, he talked about first the metamorphosis of a butterfly and how cocoon is connected to the earth. Excuse me, I'll back up. A caterpillar is connected to the earth before it goes in a cocoon. My ADD is running a little bit faster than my mouth, so just hang with me or listen fast. Um, so when the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, it is um, uh, in a dark place for a time. Um, and uh, for some of you, you're in a dark place. And it's, you, you can't really tell where you are. You just know you're in a dark place. And for many of you, that dark place is just part of God's design. It's part of the journey. Um, after, after some time, the butterfly, the, the caterpillar de develops into a butterfly, and the butterfly begins to struggle to get out. And that struggling, that wrestling, is part of the journey. It's, it's a necessary part of the journey. Chris pointed out if someone... Um, tries to open that caterpillar up, that cocoon up too soon, it uh, will kill the butterfly. If it, uh, it, it'll just die. But if you wait and you think, well, man, now it's time and, and you could have a butterfly, but it won't function the way it was created to function because it's released too soon, 
simply because the the process of the struggle forces the blood to go out into the uh, tips of the wings so that the critter can fly. And sometimes we just have to have that struggle, that pressure, that pressing in, if you will, that perseverance to get to run that course to get to the end. And, and that causes everything to be accomplished that God wanted to be accomplished. The second uh, metaphor he gave was um, the Apollo 11 space flight when they went to the moon. As a boy, I remember that time. And uh, he talked about the, all the technicians and scientists being in a, in a big room watching the rocket take off on a big video screen. And uh, they're, they're looking at it and it, it, we have liftoff. Is what the announcer says, and the rocket is going up through the atmosphere, and um, and then is, he says we have thrusters, and the thrusters kick on, and it starts pushing that rocket faster and faster uh, up until it reaches the stratosphere. It gets to the stratosphere, and then uh, it says the the thrusters have fallen off. The announcer makes that that declaration that the thrusters have fallen off. And they're just cheering. They're celebrating the one thing that they had worked so hard on to get that, that rocket going and moving into the, the direction of the dream of landing on the moon is the very thing that if it reaches, if it continues to stay with them, it won't make it. It's just dead weight. It has served its purpose. It's time to sever it. It's time for it to fall off and for the next phase to go into it. And then the, the third uh, metaphor that he gave us was Henry Ford rolling out the Model T Ford in 1908. Um, the automobile was $850 when it came off the assembly line. It wasn't the first automobile, it was the first time it was being mass produced. And suddenly the automobile is now available to the common man, where before it was just a rich man's toy. So, um, and in, in, in later in ensuing years, it dropped down to $525, and, and um, it even got lower at that at one point. The point is, the main mode of travel during that time was horseback. And now, there are automobiles. The infrastructure was for horses. The roads were built for horses. Now we have automobiles. And so there's a lot of, a lot of conversation and, and controversy going on. Which is better, horses or automobiles? They would even have races, horse versus automobile. And they, they didn't know how to express it because they had never been there before. And so they took what they knew to express the power of that machine. And they called it horsepower. The Model T had 18 horsepower. And that sounds so minimum to us, but going from one horse to 18 horses was a big deal. The other thing they had to consider was they went from their horses, and so there are, uh, there are stables. There are uh, vet, vet, veter, vets, <laughs> veterinarians, to um, help keep the animals uh, healthy. And people knew a lot of that. Um, but there's a shift. So we, we've got all this stuff in place for horses, but we don't have gas stations for automobiles. We don't have mechanics for automobiles. 
we'll have uh, the designers for automobiles. The, the Model T stayed uh, in the same mode until about 1926, I think, somewhere around there. So there's a need for a changing of thinking, of infrastructure, of adapting to a better mode of transportation. And so just as I think about those things, I think about it, how it relates to my life and changes that are always happening. Sometimes, sometimes there's a transition where you're going from one season to another, but other times there's, there's a metamorphosis where there's a, a change in the case of the caterpillar going from connected to earth to connect it to the skies, to heaven. And so operating from earth towards heaven or operating from heaven towards earth is a shift. And it's a challenge for me to see where Ichthus is. And uh, in so many ways, Auburn Heights has been uh, that, that team that has come alongside and been the ones to, to, uh, to, to be the thruster. I'm looking at this studio now and, and uh, what it's going to launch Lydia into and what God has gifted her to do is just exciting for me. It's exciting for her. We're so grateful. Um, but there, there are things uh, that she will, she will have to lay aside to pursue that if that is indeed what God has, uh, the calling that he has on her life. I believe it is, but time will tell. And we want to be open to whatever the Lord has. And maybe it will be a season. Maybe it will be a metamorphosis. We don't know yet. So I just wanted to encourage you this morning that perhaps uh, you're, you're walking through a transition and things are always changing. I've, uh, I've gone from uh, four teenagers under my roof. Now I only have three because now I have a 20-year-old. So we're officially 12, 14, 16, 18, and 20. And uh, because foundations were laid, infrastructure was laid, if you will, in years prior when my babies were little, it's been a joy to have four teenagers under my roof. It's a joy to have a 20-something under my roof. And uh, it's a pleasure. So I just want to encourage you to begin to ask the Lord, what, what does He have for you? If there are the things that need to, to drop off, I think of, of Hebrews 12, let us therefore throw off every encumbrance and every sin that so easily entangles us and run the race with perseverance. And there are things in our lives that are not sin. They've been useful. They've been, they've been thrusters. They've got us to the stratosphere and it's now time for that to detach. And so we can go on to higher heights and reach that dream of landing on the moon. There, there's just more in this walk with Jesus, and I'm excited about it. I hope you're excited about it. Just as I look at Auburn Heights and in this transition, uh, it's it's a wonderful time, and there is this this uh, this tension with uh, things that are going on that are in the dark. Um, we're still mourning over Debbie, and we will. She can never be replaced. We're mourning over other losses in our lives that can never be replaced, and we need to celebrate those. And I just, I just love this picture that y'all, y'all brought me. I'm gonna spin it around here. I love this. This is such a tribute to uh, Miss Debbie's love for us, and for Lydia, and for Auburn Heights' love for us and for Lydia, and we're so grateful. 
We're so grateful. Lydia has changed some of the pains around that y'all y'all had whenever you first uh, you first uh, did the video last week. So I'll just I'll just show you a couple. These are some of her favorites, um, and um, this is pretty dark in here with the window and everything. But I'm gonna I'm just gonna end. With this one right here she did this one actually a couple years ago this is a pencil drawing it's not a photograph that she did a couple years ago we don't know who the little girl is she just liked the picture and she drew it and there are things that god sees in you that he likes he loves and so i just say praise god pursue those things and ask him if there are things that uh, need to fall by the wayside, things that have served their purpose to get you to that point, and, and then just go for it. See what else he has. See what infrastructure needs to be created to, to continue to run after the Lord. And if you're in that dark places, just keep pushing on, keep pressing on, because God has good things for you. He is very, very good. He loves you, and he has a great plan for you. So God bless you. Good morning to you. And uh, come see us. We're excited. Actually, uh, when you are watching this, we will be winding up a weekend retreat with 48 college students from Western Carolina doing something that they do every year called The Event. And they're trying to uh, encourage the freshmen at, at uh, Western Carolina University to continue on with Jesus. And it's just a beautiful time of the upperclassmen serving the lower classmen and just being um, Jesus to them. So thank you for investing in our ministry. Thank you for loving us so well. And it has definitely left a mark in our lives because as Miss Debbie would say, love leaves a mark. God bless you. Take care. I asked you the question last week. Um, what mark are you leaving? What mark are you leaving? I think it's something we all have to ask ourselves. Why was I created? Just to fill a space? No. Go ye therefore into all the world, baptizing, preaching the gospel. You say, I'm not the preacher. You preach every day you walk in your business. You preach every day you walk into the grocery store. The way you treat the lady at the counter, the words you use, the attitude you have, you're preaching. What mark are you leaving? What mark are you leaving? See, we won't make a difference until we're the people that God called us to be. That we're doing what God called us to do. We won't leave a mark. We'll leave a mark, but it won't be a love mark. There's all kind of marks out there. There's hatred, there's jealousy, there's bitterness. There's all kind of stuff. And you're leaving something. You're leaving something. But if you're going to make a difference in somebody's life, and if I'm going to make a difference in somebody's life, it's important that, that I love unconditionally. And sometimes that's hard. Some people are hard to love. You should have said amen, because we all got them. Amen? Some people are tough to love. It's not always easy. 
And sometimes you have to kick your feet off. The Bible says, dust your feet and move on to the next city, Paul said. I love what he says there because I, I, I kind of got the mindset that Paul, you know, don't, don't stay there. Don't stay there and mess it up. Because whatever marks in your life, whatever's going on in your life, if you're not careful, you can mess up stuff in the process. Amen? Yeah. Bitterness can begin. Jealousy can begin. In first news you know, you're already messing up some stuff because of the, of the, of the marks that you're leaving. So Paul says sometimes it's just good to dust your feet. You can't get along with everybody. That's what he says. I'm just preaching the word. It's right in the book. You're not going to please everybody. So quit trying. Rodney, quit trying. Y'all miss that. Preaching to myself. Okay? Preaching to myself. It's good for preachers to preach to themselves. Amen? Amen. Every one of us need it. Amen. You didn't have to say it right there, Mark. That was the wrong spot to say amen. <laughs> Romans says, I love Mark Manville. He knows it too. I called him last week. I said, I don't know if you know you, how much you helped me last week, but you were sure helping me. And I said, I don't think it was as, the preaching was as good as your amening was, but I'm thankful for it. It was. He said it was. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. Go to the other one, Allie, New, New Living. We'll go back to that. Don't just pretend to love others. Now go back to the New King James. I love this part. Let, don't, don't, don't miss the word. It's easy just to read over that. But when you read it, let love, that, that lends to a choice that you and I have. We have a choice whether we want to let love. Are you letting love? Are you making a conscience choice? Now again, I know there's some that you can't, but I'm not talking about them, okay? I'm not talking about that. There's people that will stab you in the back. I understand all that's not that type. This ain't that, this ain't that sermon. We're talking about those we can love. Hallelujah. Let's think about the good ones. Let's think about the good people. Let's, like Bill Johnson says, let's think about the good things God is doing. Not what he's not doing, but what he is doing. Let's focus on what he is doing, not on what he's not doing. So let's focus on those that we, that we can love and that we get to love. Are you choosing to leave a mark in somebody's life? I prayed earlier, and, and it's, it's so good as, a, as being here for 35 years, uh, almost, and um, it's so good, it's, it's so rewarding for me to look back and now to see the, the kids that I raised that were in my youth group now doing ministry here, now doing trunk or treat, JJ's in charge of trunk or treat, and Kevin's up there running the sound now, and I can just name it all, I can just go round, 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 all of them up there this morning doing the kids thing, and 
Boy, it's just a blessing for me, you know, to look back and to see all of these that are working, that are building into the kingdom, you know? And, and, and that's a blessing. What mark are you leaving? Is your love, is your love genuine? Is your love genuine in what you're doing or is it, is it, is it with hypocrisy? Is it, with, is it fake love? Or is there a genuineness to it? Love, genuine love leaves a mark. For God, let's all say it together. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Love leaves a mark. Amen? When Jesus died, He left a mark. When Jesus was here, He left a mark. And he told us to go and do likewise, didn't he? Go and make disciples. Go out there and love people. Go out there and show people who I really am. And I say that, I know I say this a lot, but it was so, it was just so, when, when, when I began the Out West Ministries, it was just so powerful to me how God spoke to my spirit, represent me correctly. When you go out west, you be a true representation of me. Don't take your southern traditions in what man says, this is the way you do church and this is the way you do life. Don't carry that out there because it ain't going to work too well for you. And believe me, whenever I got there, I realized very quickly. And I had studied it in school. Yes, I went to school. I studied in school about different cultures, especially in missions class, how important it is when you go to another culture. Am I telling it right, Jocelyn? When you go to a different culture, you don't take your, you, I became all things to all men that I might win some. So it's important, it's important that we do that. It's important that we represent the Father correctly. And I can't get past this. I wish I could because I've got other stuff I want to say, but I can't get past this. It's important. Because when I deal with situations, the first thing I ask, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus handle this? Not how does man handle it. Not how does tradition handle it. Not how we've done it in the church. How do we do it in the church? No. What would Jesus do? How would he handle How did he handle this situation? Not every situation's in the Bible, but a lot of them are. And I can go back and read the red and see what Jesus done. Because I'm going to tell you, when Jesus left every situation, love left a mark. Love left a mark when Jesus left a situation. All through Scripture, you see where Jesus left a mark. He walked into a situation. It was chaotic. He brought peace. 
And when he left, things were different. I love to hear Jensen Franklin preach. Stopped by the other day on the way home from mission trip. Got some more vision. Jensen Franklin has a lot of vision. I saw a lot of things as is at night, and they had his, the campus lit up, and the new, the new um, outdoor baptistry, and and boy, you get, you better get you some B12 and some some vitamins and all that. Better pray the Lord to give you your strength from 16 years old. We're fixing to get at it. We're gonna dig a hole, Rick. Just, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding, Paula. Paula said he ain't kidding. Love leaves a mark. So what are what what are you leaving? What what are you what are you investing in? Can you look back over life? Do you see where you've left a mark? Do you see where you've given? We played the song last week to the um, thank you for giving to the Lord. I was a life that was changed. Can you see where what you've been, and, and, and listen, does it bless you? As I was talking about a minute ago, it blesses me that I've left a mark in some young people over the years. It blesses me when I see that young people that didn't come, you know, and, and you know, I've got young people all over, all over the country, um, and, and they'll, 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 they'll send me letters, they'll send me emails, they'll send me a text, and, and it's just, thank you, thank you, thank you. And see, that's what God's designed us for. God designed us. God didn't save you. God didn't redeem you. God didn't die for you just to be a pew setter. God, God chose you to start with. Amen? amen? That should be a lot of amens right there. God chose me. Amen! Thank you, Lord. You know, we don't preach about hell anymore, but there's still a hell and it's still hot. And you could be going to hell... But God. Huh? Have you forgot that you was on your way to hell? Easy up there. Vicky at the back row. She said, hallelujah, I ain't. But have you forgotten? I love that song. I've been singing that song all week. It's good when Lila hears from God. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. All over my life. I just sing that line. I just get one line in my head and I just sing it. I just sing it. I see the evidence of your goodness all over. I can sing. I can sing. All over. I don't get invited to, but I can. All over my life. Ask the youth pastor, ask the janitor, ask all them. Ask the preacher to sing. I see the evidence of your goodness. Have you forgot what he brought you out of? Have you forgot what he saved you from? Love left a mark on you. Love has left a mark on you. Don't overlook the mark. Don't overlook what He's done for you. Don't overlook what He's brought you out of. Don't overlook. Remember when. Remember when. 
Remember when you was just a sinner. And you had no hope. You had no future. And you didn't choose him. He chose you. But love came in. Love lifted me. Amen. Love lifted me. Yeah. And as I was walking, he looked and he saw me and he chose me and he said, I want you as one of mine. Yeah. Don't ever forget that. And he came and he left a mark on your life. And then he challenged you, go and do likewise. Go leave a mark on somebody's life. We left a mark at Ichthus. We've left many a marks at Ichthus, but Bill is exactly right. Ichthus has marked us. Ichthus has marked us. It's one of the sweetest places you'll ever go. And I'm going to tell you, when I'm, at, when I'm at my lowest, I can go to Ichthus and things change. Bill says it's on top of the mountain and it's a local call. It ain't long distance at Ichthus. It's a local call. But Ichthus has marked us. Why? Because love is there. What mark are you leaving? Let love. Choose love. Choose love to be. Choose love to be not hypocrisy. Choose love to be real. Be real in your love. Be real in how you treat people. Don't smile at their face and then walk away and talk behind, by, behind their back. That's hypocrisy. That's gossip. That's all kind of stuff. Smile at my face, but then when you walk away and you get with the little group, don't get me going. You're meddling now, preacher. You ain't preaching, you're meddling now. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Holy Spirit will meddle. Holy Spirit will meddle. If you'll let him. Let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be genuine. I love people that love me. And I know they love me. I know. Boy, that's a great feeling, ain't it, Gippy? That's a great feeling when you know somebody loves you. Yeah. Ain't nothing better. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to be leaving that mark. My love is genuine. I'm not a fake. One of the worst arguments Debbie Mitchell and I ever had. And it's probably the only one we really ever had. And I can say it now because she ain't here. <laughs> and I'm going to be right because it's my story and I'm telling it. <laughs> I don't remember what happened. I don't remember none of the story except she told me one time, this was early on in our marriage, she told me one time, she said, you're a fake. That red hair I used to have started glowing. And she was maybe right a little. But just the thought of that in my spirit, rage come up inside of me. Because that's one thing I won't ever be. And that's a fake. 
And she knew after about a minute and a half of Leonard coming out, that, that was probably the wrong thing to say to me. But that was probably the worst, and it didn't last long because the Bible says don't let the sun go down. You get it right quick. And believe me, I didn't want her mad at me, and I got it right quick. And I went from Leonard to Maryland very quickly and started apologizing and loving on her and making sure we were good. <laughs> Hallelujah, that's what you do in a marriage. Amen? Yes. Yeah. Don't let that go on. But I won't ever forget that. I don't want to be called a fake. I don't want to be something standing here and something out there. That's what the world is sick of, and I got to go. We already passed over, but that's what the world's sick of. They see us in here. Oh, hallelujah. And they see us out there cussing out the lady because she brought me unsweet tea three times in a row. Not just once. Three times. And then she lied, Lonnie. She lied about it. She said, this is right because I tasted it. And I'm from the South, so I know what it's supposed to taste like. Well, just give me my straw out of that one because it's nasty and that one's nasty. And let me put it in this one and I'm going to get, because I got to get that mess out of my mouth quick. So I'm going to take a big old draw of this one. Because she knows what she's doing. That's not you, baby, because your tea yesterday was perfect. Ansley, perfect tea. Good job. Good job. I put my straw in there. It looked like a siphon hose. <laughs> I pulled me a draw out of there. Yeah, William, you're right. <laughs> Spit it on the floor. She come back. She said, what about that one? Love leaves a mark. I said, I, I just, <laughs> sweet, unsweet tea does too. <laughs> I said, I don't, I don't, I don't think they stirred it too well. Oh, now I could have, you know, I mean, you know, we've all done it, but after the third glass, I, she said, you want one to go? I said, no, I'm good. I'm good. What are you? What are you leaving? You're going to leave here today and you're going to go and I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Listen to me. Write it down. You're going to have an opportunity to leave love or leave something else. And I pray when you have that opportunity that the Holy Spirit quickens your heart and says, what you going to do? You going to love her? You going to forgive her? Or are you going to spew out something else? Because it's your right. Huh? Stand together. Let love. It's your choice. It's your choice what you do with it. Close your eyes. And, and I just want to say this. We're always available to you. There's people that will pray with you. You don't have to leave. We may not have a formal invitation. And we don't. Okay. But you don't have to leave. There'll be people that'll pray for you. They hang around. They may be talking to somebody, but all you got to do is just mention, and there's prayer team, and we'll have them in the end. The, we're getting back in order. We're going to have them that they'll be up front after the service, every service where you can have somebody pray for you. But listen, Jesus left a mark. 
It was two nails, three nails, two in his hand and one in his feet and a crown on his head. And he done that for you and I because he loves us. And he loves you. And if you're here today and you don't know him as your personal Savior, if you never encountered him as Father, today's the day. Today's the day. And let his love put a mark on you. Let his love invade your spirit and change your spirit. That's what he does. He comes and makes you whole. Because right now, you're not whole without him. He comes and he's the ultimate fulfillment of what you were created for. So I pray this morning that if you're here and you never met Jesus, today's the day. Don't leave. Don't walk away from it. We're not going to pressure you. I don't believe in that. I don't do it. Okay? I don't see Jesus doing it. I don't see Paul doing it. I didn't see them doing it. Okay? I'm not saying it's wrong. A lot of it's done out of of heart of compassion. But that's just not who I am. And it's okay. Because the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit that draws you, not Brother Rodney. And if I'm drawing you, you'll still be lost as you come up here, as when you leave. And I don't want that. I want the Holy Spirit to draw you. And I want your, your spirit and the Holy Spirit to get together. And, and um, then you'll be radically changed, radically saved. And that's what we want around here. So don't leave. We'd love to pray for you and share the gospel with you. But to us who are Christians, who call ourselves Christians, last scripture, I'm going to leave you with this. They will know you are Christians by the way you love. Father, as we leave today, let us go out of this room with a heart to love a hurting world. In Jesus' name, amen.